Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Greetings, all Visma Ski Classics fans and all cross-country ski lovers out there. This is it. Visma Ski Classics Pro Tour Season 11 has started. La Diagonela, Engadin La Diagonela is behind us. And what a race that was once again. Uh, this race always comes up with so many surprises, so much drama and a lot of action. And that happened once again. I'm your host, Demo Virtan, and this is the Libinio to Levy podcast. No more preseason stuff. This is the real season now. It has started season 11. My guest today is Gustav Koskren from Team Ramuden. And I really have to start this by saying, Gustav, congratulations. What a day. You guys are number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic day. It was... Okay, my, you have dreams and you have hopes, but this was... Uh, uh, I'm walking on clouds right now. <laughs> you were able to do the ma your magic again. I mean, in these cold conditions, your, your team, the skis were perfect. Uh, yeah, it seems that they were really good. Um, it was extremely dry snow. It was uh, like you had grit wax uh, under uh, double pulling skis. But uh, yeah, we managed to give them good uh, good material, so it fell out really well. Yeah, I noticed that when I was commentating. I commentated uh, remotely from a small studio in Helsinki, Finland. I wasn't there. Uh, you are actually in Switzerland, in Celerina, and right now. But I was here in Finland. But I saw that on the screen that the snow was really coarse. Really, you could even hear it, uh, and uh, I could even see like Yedal um, and doing kicks a couple times yeah. and without a kick wax. Uh, yeah. So really, really cold snow. But a little bit before we get to the race. Uh, would be interesting to know a little bit of the, the days before this race because this is a bit of a different type of season arriving to Switzerland all the hoopla that goes before how was it for your team and how did you guys <laughs> arrive and so forth yeah it was um, uh, you always have a plan for the season of course but the plan is uh, normally is uh, in May June you know what to do in January uh, right now it was like in middle of December when we actually go to the, uh, the super plant to, when we knew that it would be Dagonella uh, and we had you no know, testing at home. Everyone was in quarantine uh, and uh, we went by car here uh, 10 days ago. So we went to Switzerland uh, really early. We wanted to go on a high altitude and also uh, to not risk anything with the border and uh, tests and everything so we had uh, extra days to to come here if something yeah went wrong we crossed five borders to come here so you never know you never knew what will happen so did anything but, uh, happen there by the way when you crossed no. the border <laughs> no nothing it was 
kind of quiet. We passed five orders and we, there was only one. Uh, we stopped at one border that was the authorized border, uh, but uh, everything went really, really good. The fastest trip I ever done with car to Engadin Valley from Sweden. <laughs> so it was uh, kind of absurd. absurd. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're lucky to be here. We we're, yeah, we have kept together. We are in two apartments. Almost everyone have a have their own room. We cook together. Uh, yeah, we have trained uh, pretty much the last ten days. So we have really enjoyed enjoyed to to be here on kind of a vacation and also to start up the season. So yeah, and you also got well adjusted to the high altitude since you arrived. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, so normally we have we come from Seefeld to Engadin Valley uh, the, the years before, and that's almost uh, that's just six days or something. Now we had ten days, and uh, it's different. It's different. Indeed, but yeah. let's do the recap of the race all the way through from the start to the finish. And the women started 30 minutes before, which is quite unusual in, in our proceedings. Yeah, uh, and it was really early also this year. Uh, the sun had just come up uh, and uh, they shoot the starting pistol and they went away into the cold fog in Sous Valley. And it was like minus 22 Celsius, like Fahrenheit. Yeah, point, in La Punte, it was actually 27. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so really how, did your, how did your skiers, or skiers in general, how did they feel about that? I'm like, oh, that's so cold. Like, uh, a little we, bit nervous? Yeah, they were really nervous because we had really cold conditions in uh, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so they, was, they were prepared that it, this could happen. Uh, but still, after now after the race, um, they almost like Lena said, "I'm, I'm quitting this in some some maiden. Uh, I'm pulling off." It was so cold after 15k. Uh, but uh, after yeah, the the sun come up in Celerina and then went to Saint Moritz. They went uphill and uh, things for everyone. They got warm that part of the race but then back into the cold and down to source so it was a hard race for everyone i think um yeah like yeah, we can listen to jenny when we talked to her but uh, she had some problem with her knees actually with freezing um so that's the when you're double pulling you don't move your legs so much so the the lower body and the toes and the knees and the legs are, um, yeah, they they struggle with them when it's cold. Yeah, you you can even see that that um, many of the skiers are wearing a mm -hmm. lot of warm clothes and stuff like that. Uh, kind yeah. of unusual. I mean, this place, uh, Engadin, the Engadin Valley, La Diagonella, is certainly known for for the cold weather. It's not the first time it's been, but it was really cold. Uh, th this morning, even colder than they, they expected. Um, yeah. Could that be a reason that the, the women started so slow? Uh, they always start slow here in, <laughs> in Diagonella, I think. But uh, it was when you're breaking the tracks, 
first position it was so dry so no one wanted to do anything but still yeah things happened i'm kind of surprised but uh, it always like this in the women's race to the first uh, sprint because I think the first hour through the first sprint uh, that was at the 16 kilometer point, uh, they almost spent yeah. they almost spent an hour there. So they may have went like a 17k an hour, yeah. which isn't yeah. really that fast for even for women. Uh, yeah. So it was really slow, but conditions uh, didn't really I allow think, that. Yeah, I think a lot of girls wanted to go faster because they wanted to get warmer. But uh, you know, you have to save the energy. Also, they went, they were out for three and a half hours, almost four, a couple of girls. So. They uh, need to save energy also, so it's a kind of balance to what to do. So then let's go through the women's uh, race first since they started 30 minutes before. They had to do pretty much their own race, although the men caught them up. Uh, mm. Before the race, we expected them not to do so because 30 minutes is usually a safe gap uh, for women. But since they started so slow and the conditions were uh, what they were, uh, uh, so the... Sprint, the first sprint uh, in Sameran, 16 kilometers uh, from the finish or after the finish. Let's go through that a little bit. Uh, so your team were pretty much ready there as well. Yeah, that, that was our plan. Uh, we had a, made a plan yesterday and we wanted to... I want all the athletes in our team to go for the sprints and go for the climbs to be offensive uh, i've talked about this before to be learning and to to show the other others in the field that they, they're in serious business and also of course we wanted to get point to be the best team today uh, so i was really happy when we were one two fourth so that was perfect and i i i'm a little bit, of course, a little bit surprised that Jenny took Lena, uh, but uh, I, when I saw the 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 picture, she was really fast today, really, 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 really fast. It was really her day today. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and then after the sprint, uh, the race of the course continued, still on the on the valley side, and then the climb, and then Ida. Hiradal yeah. attacked, also from your team. Yeah, um, she moved up uh, quite early in the in the uphill, uh, and we also talked about that uh, yesterday. That uh, there could be this year when it's cold and there is more good girls. That it will be not that speed that have been before. And also that the guys will not catch them in the uphill, so it maybe will be a more defense um, from the, some of the girls uh, uphill. So the plan was to, if it gets defense, go for it. Uh, if you have the, the arms. Um, and uh, Ida went really early. Uh, Britta tried to, to connect to Ida. I think she could just do that for a couple of hundred meters or something. Then she went. Um, and uh, I don't know if this was in the pictures, but when they come up to the this um, uh, steep uphill, when they are walking on the skis, uh, Jenny, and Lina was, yeah, Jenny, and Lina, Jenny and Lina was 
uh, second and uh, first in the bunch so they slow down the speed so they get either like 30 more seconds uphill uh, up just that hill uh, so she had 45 seconds or something on the on the top uh, but then I think it was uh, Astrid Eireslind who uh, did a really good work for for Fleten and tried to uh, get the bunch going again and uh, uh, yeah they moved up really good in the end of the in the end of the hill the the bunch so but uh, Lena was Ida was uh, really impressive indeed she was and this is yeah. really good that you go through this because we didn't see everything on TV no. screen screen i know because i was commentating it and we actually didn't see the downhill section which we saw last year and there's a lot of drama there i assume nothing happened this time around didn't really see much because by the time we get back you know they were already down on the lake uh, yeah i was fell in the one part of the downhills so she lost a bunch but um connected to the bunch down to the the last part of the downhill section to the lake so she had some problems there and it was kind of kind of the same time that astrid made the the job for flaten so it was a hard part for lena to to catch the bunch there after the, she fell but then jenny uh, caught up with ida because then by the time they reached yeah. the second sprint point they were there yeah, together was a really really good you know yeah they are three really good girls and when you have one girl in the front like Ida uh, and you're feeling really good in the in the bunch and you notice that no one in the bunch is really connect try to to catch that girl what do you do but uh, that move that Jenny made when she really made a really good downhill uh, get the gap, get the gap uh, and uh, just went for it and uh, went for Ida and then they were two team Robert and that was yeah really nice move that moved Jenny up to the yeah she took the green jersey indeed she did yeah. after that uh, when they left uh, San Moritz the famous place uh, on my commentary I actually brought up a lot of facts about as a San Moritz famous place for uh, films as well there are a lot of good films have been shot there but uh after that, another climb, all the way yeah. to the top and a downhill section towards uh, Pontresina. Let's go through that a little bit. Yeah, Jenny had um, had really got the action, so she went really hard, uh, and Ida couldn't follow her, um, and then just. Uh, behind in the bunch just after the sprint i think it was like splitting up in the bunch and then uh, lena and fleten went away from the bunch and uh, trying to catch ida so um and on the top uh, of this this is a really hard climb to go up from that sprint in like moritz and go up again um uh, it's uh, really dry snow there cold so uh, I think then you have went like 25 kilometers or something more. So uh, Indeed, yes, it's about 25. Feeling the, feel the arms that 
So now the race is really starting. So uh, then we had uh, Jenny going full speed. And then on the top, it was 30 seconds down to Ida and 40 seconds down to Fleten and, and Lina, who just in the downhill section uh, connected to Ida. So then they were the second bunch after Jenny. Do you think that Ida might have uh, lose a little bit energy going so fast on uphill, or do you think it's uh, that didn't really play effect? You know. Yes, of course, but uh, in the around that time in Pontresina, Saint Moritz, I think uh, she was still, of course, competing, and she was in the she was in the mix, and uh, so. But uh, in the end, uh, the last ten kilometers 15 kilometers of course it it uh, you have to pay for that effort when she went pretty much alone in the boat both uphills there so uh, yeah but yeah jenny at the same time she made a solo effort for quite a while after this Yes, she did. And, and yeah. uh, as I pointed out earlier, I mean, this race is pretty much uh, known for that. Uh, last year, we had Astridis Lind and Crisandi yeah. Jespersen. Both of them had a similar type of uh, breakaways, you know, far ahead of others. And now uh, Oscar Kadin and uh, Jenny Larsson, both of them did the same same thing. Uh, so Jenny yeah. continued really strong. And then after Pontresina, it was uh, the wife, uh, uh, Lina, and uh, uh, Emilie Fleten, who continued... Uh, uh, pushing really hard, so it was pretty yeah, it clear was, at that. It was pretty much Fleten who made the job. Uh, Ida and Lina didn't want to do the job, so they let her do it. And she she tried for a while uh, to go fast, but yeah, it was too hard. Uh, Jenny was too too strong, so uh, it went. The gap went from thirty seconds on the top to. I think one minute and 30 seconds in Pontresina, and then it was just flying minutes <laughs> down in the valley. So, yeah, they kind of played and gave up, I think, after a while, and they just kept this pace for not be catched by the second or the third group with uh, Britta, Astrid, uh, Samskar, uh, yeah. Smutna and, and so forth. And, yeah, and, but they were, yeah, they were also losing time all, all along, so they were never close either. No, they were far behind. That was yeah, uh, quite surprising. Were. Yeah, uh, were you actually surprised by the fact that uh, the big names, the big favorites, Katrina uh, Smutna, Prita Johansson Nogren, and Alcide Reslin were so many minutes behind? Yeah, I was surprised that they, they had the chance to 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 go with the best today but they they really didn't was they they were not weren't not close and that kind of surprised me a little bit but yeah you know it's it's skis and it's the cold you know if you get freezing today or freezing when you're doing maximum effort uh, it get your your um, your level is uh, sinking from what you can perform, so uh, you have to have respect for that also. Good point. Yeah. Really good point. 
Uh, most likely that ha might have happened to, for example, Prita Johansson Nogren. We don't really know. As I said earlier, yeah. some people re uh, react to the cold weather, you know, very differently, and also a lot of people with a uh, you know strong, uh, uh, big muscles might have uh, problems compared yeah. to the maybe the skinnier ones and so forth. And it's kind of like the high altitude, same thing. Some people do really well in high altitude, some don't, uh, mm -hmm. and same with the cold cold weather. Um, there was a jury decision this morning that it, it was okay to have a clo clothing jacket or a vest over the bib to start with that. And we saw that um, both Fleten and Astrid had that pretty much all the race, I think. Yes, I um, think Emilia just threw that off uh, just before the finish. Yeah, and that's, um, that's pretty rare to see, but uh, it was a good decision. and. Uh, necessary today yeah i think the only time i've seen it is uh, like in a really long like these extreme ultra races like uh, mm. red bull nudenschlussloppe there that's where yeah. the skiers have been able to to wear something like that but yeah. um then at what point uh, did ida realize that uh, uh emily emilia and and uh, lena your wife are going to uh, leave her behind uh, ah, that was um, actually I was uh, feeding, giving feeding in uh, uh, when it was like fifteen kilometers left, uh, and the men sponge uh, who was chasing Kadeen was closing up to these three girls, so I was yelling that this sponge is coming, so be prepared to hang on to them, um, and Lena and Fleten. Uh, hang on, on to that bunch for yeah, like a kilometer or something and Ida wasn't that successful so that's when she was yeah left behind and then of course at that that point it was kind of clear you know Jenny was uh, way ahead and she was going towards the victory yeah. then Ida was with four minutes at that time exactly yeah. and then Ida was uh, a bit you know fell behind so then it was dead the remaining podium places were then between your wife uh, uh, lena and and emilia a little bit of a tactics there uh, from your side of course uh mm. lena lena tried to save her energy and let emilia do all the work or how did it kind of play out uh yes um she, she was just staying behind pretty much and waiting for the for the sprint finish and she was uh feeling pretty safe that that will fell out okay so but uh, still i think uh, uh was doing really good uphill work and she was she was strong today she was really strong so uh, it's good to see it was her second podium i think yes correct after Giserska. so uh, it's good to see new faces on the podium and then the finish Jenny yeah. didn't have to worry about anything, you know, just uh, finish finish up and, and just uh, soak up and then the, the glory uh, of mm. winning her first and being on the podium for the first time. That's just, uh, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> quite a feat. Uh, but then uh, the sprint finish between Alina and uh, Emilia, it looked like that Alina uh, waited till the kind of the last minute to do the sprint because I assume because the snow was so, so slow. So she was behind, and then it took a while before she kind of hopped on the uh, on the other track. 
and uh, uh, spin up. Yeah, I think sh- they looked at this yesterday that it was a kind of a small uh, downhill kick late on the on the sprint finish. So you use, she used that one, waited for that one to make a move. Uh, so when it's so dry, you go first. You need some extra things to get accelerating. So she was waiting for that, but at the same time, I don't think Emilia didn't do anything to to answer that. So it looked like it was really yeah, yeah, safe for Lena. That's yeah, great. she pretty much just gave up. You know, it's like okay, fine. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I'm happy with the third place. Disappointing. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, but again, a good, really good day for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Nilarsa yeah. won, then Lena Kuskin second, and Emilia Flett in third, and Ida Dahl fourth. But I think now it's a good time to uh, listen to Jenny. I think uh, she's there on a phone, so I think we can connect with her and uh, just uh, find out what she uh, uh, thinks about the race today. Now you can be part of Visma Ski Classics. Sign up for my pages if you haven't done it yet. You can be ranked among other skiers, including our pro team athletes, and compare your ranking with your friends. You can also get different pins that measure your achievements. So go to vismaskiclassics.com, sign in by clicking my pages on the top, and get ready for action in Season 11. So now we have Jenny Lars, the happy winner, uh, on the phone, connecting us... uh, through her phone. Where are you at the moment? Have you already left uh, Switzerland? Are you heading towards uh, uh, Italy? Uh, no, I'm actually on my room together with my teammates outside in our apartment here in Bellina. Uh, we're going to Italy tomorrow. So we are taking a, a little bit piano this evening and just enjoying the day. It'll be a big celebration for you. I mean, your first podium and not just podium, but a victory. You didn't really think that this going to happen when when you woke up this morning. Um, no, uh, I really did not. Actually, like the last thing I did last night was being angry at my boyfriend because he like, come on, go and win tomorrow. And I was like, how can you even say that? That's such a like hard goal because I know how the, the how great everybody in this uh, in this sport is, and uh, my. My like dream goal for this um, season was being able to get to the podium, and uh, um, I absolutely believe in myself. But being able to win and like in this way was uh, wow. I I still haven't really let it sink in my <laughs> in my uh, brain. But you were uh, already strong uh, at this, uh, you know, the sprint points. So at that time, you must have felt that okay, this could be my day. Yeah, actually, it was like like the first five k or so. My body was like so good, uh, and I also really fast learned that my skis was really fast and good. So I actually like thought, oh, wow, I maybe I can win today, but it was like really not I actually believed it but it was like okay I'm gonna be this is gonna be my best race so far I really felt that early um, and that's why I also like really wanted to try my body at the sprint and it felt ridiculously good so I was like okay um, oh well I have never even had such fun as I 
as I had today. It was yeah, fun from start to to finish. So the cold weather didn't really bother you at all. Uh, yes, it absolutely did. Um, I was really worried about it from uh, before the race, and uh, I was almost late to the start because my uh, brother-in-law Niklas Henriksson for Team Kirira, uh, he had promised to uh, bring like uh, heating socks. Um, and uh, six minutes before the start, me and uh, our, one of our waxer, Linus, was in the Ramudan bus and like. In panic, <laughs> putting those uh, socks on. Uh, so I was really, really stressed to the start. Um, but uh, my feet was warm. My knees and my lips and my cheeks—they um, were not. Um, not a beautiful sight in after the race. <laughs> but are you okay so, now? No frostbites. Um, yeah, I am. But I'm a little bit worried about my knees, actually. But uh, let's just wait and see how it turns out. But it was worth it. And then let's talk about your breakaway. I mean, of course, Ida Dahl, your teammate, added the first breakaway. Really uh, strong performance from her as well. And and, and uh, see a skied away from you guys and the, long, the first long hill. Uh, but after that, uh, you caught her up. And uh, then it was your turn. Yeah, uh, she was really strong. Uh, we didn't have like that speaking out loud before. So we was like, me and Lena was like, wow, look at her. She goes. Um, and um, well, I was just being cold and you know, not not leading the hunt for her. But then I I knew I had good skis and I thought it was really passive uh, skiing out uh, to the lake in St. Moritz. And I was like, okay, if I push really hard now, I might get a gap and shake out the others. So I can help Ida in the front, uh, and I succeeded with that. Um, and my plan was like not to ski away from her. Uh, we, I like, we pet each other and come on. And uh, and suddenly I just look back and she has got my back. Um, so absolutely not my plan. And so I was like, okay, how am I going to proceed with this? Um, but I didn't feel like like I went maximum, and so I just thought that okay, let's try this, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna get, um, eliminate this uh, gap, but they didn't, and I just got better and better timing uh, from the others, and I was like, whoa, what what's happening? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I <clears throat> I never thought that my gap would hold. So I really never uh, was relaxed about it. Even when they said like, four minutes, Jenny, four minutes. Um, Even at that point, you were still a bit uncertain? I was like, oh my God, what, a, what am I supposed to do when I finish? If I finish like second, I don't know how to strike a winning pose. <laughs> and I was like, no, Jenny, no, don't think like that. You're not. You have many cases before you so just push 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 <laughs> um no i thought that maybe when the guys um came uh, came along the girls they would uh, get their backs and just easy uh, tighten the gap but i never felt that i was like super tired i 
and we had like a strong and steady pace um but I never even like maximum thought because I really thought I am I gotta have powers when they when they come uh, but they they never did <laughs> and then what about the last uphills just before the finish you know when you pass oh. the uh, the start area then I started to believe that okay this is happening I was so tired um and Max Novaki my team he he skied beside me and like oh my god Jenny how sick and I was like oh my god I'm dying what's happening and he was like what are you saying but uh I was so tired and like in my own bubble and um yeah so in so ecstatic about it because it's it started to like sink in at that point with 2k ahead did you like this uh, new ending yeah, was, uh, by the way um i never tried the last one i was uh, last year uh, so this was my Sadia Gunella uh, premiere but um, I knew this uh, this course would fit me I I think that I have improved my my double polling um, both uphill but um, but also on the on the flat and that has always been my strength but I have worked on improving my strength um, so I had high hopes of doing my best, uh, my best race in recent classic so far, and yeah, I I succeeded. <laughs> and then by the time you got across the finish line, did your mind just go blank? You know, here I am, I did it. Oh yeah, uh, wow! Um, there were so many feelings. I just cried. It was so so sick. How does it feel? How does it feel now? Because you had a little bit, a little bit time you know, um, from that, you know, had a time to kind of get adjusted with the feeling. I still have really close to tears, <laughs> and um, I'm really enjoying it. But um, it's gonna take some time to like sink in, as, as I said earlier. Um, but it's such a good feeling in the team, and everybody's so happy, and like we was the number one team today, and I think. Everyone has seen it coming this summer. Uh, it has been such a good spirit and really pushed each other hard. But like managed to do so the first race, it was, yeah, unbelievable. Certainly a splendid opening for you guys. And as you mentioned, tomorrow is a new day. You will uh, head towards uh, Italy and uh, the uh, new race, Topla Cortina, and then after that, Amacalonga. What about those two races mm -hmm. now? Now you are the one everybody's, you know, putting their sights on. It's going to be a really new situation for me. Like, I hadn't known that I have a high capacity, but others might not. But uh, that's going to be exciting to work with. And uh, just start with a yellow bib. I mean, wow. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not going to, I'm going to be humbled. A new race is a new race, and I can't just think that I'm gonna succeed with this again. But I will try to do my best and uh, regain my my strength and the heat in the body. And uh, I get a good receipt that I I am where I want to be uh, physically and mentally. So uh, it's gonna be fun races. 
Absolutely. Absolutely, they will. So thanks for joining us, uh, Jenny, once again. Congratulations on the great uh, victory and good luck. Drive safely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. So, Gustav, when you listen to uh, to your dear uh, teammate, Jenny, uh, any feelings after that? What went through your mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also close to tears <laughs> actually uh, I you get really proud of uh, proud of Jenny proud of the team and proud for yeah what they have done and to achieve to get this reward it's, uh, it's a team reward so everyone is enjoying this success so fantastic it's it's sports it's it's a, it's what it's all about so yeah that's we'll true but Prosecco tonight so <laughs> yes but let's listen to the uh, the comments from uh, from Lena and uh, Emilia mm-hmm. Fleten as well these are the uh, tv interviews and the comments from them would uh, and we'll get to hear what they said right after the race i've been so cold the whole day but it's amazing. It's uh, such a team, uh, team. Uh, what do you say? Performance today, and so so proud for me and for Jenny and for Ida and yeah, the guys also, of course. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're like the team captain in your team, yeah. Mudan. At in at most, it must feel amazing to both have a podium place for yourself and also uh, Jenny winning and. Uh, what yeah, can you it say was, about your it team? It was so cool when Ida get the gap in the first uphill, and then uh, I had a fall in the downhill. So I just hope that Jenny could do something for Ida. And I saw at the lake that uh, Jenny is going in front also, and yeah, it was cool feeling to was uh, away back and see the girls fighting very hard. And it seems like your Vaxxer has done a great job uh, once again. Yeah, they are done. They they went up uh, 3.30 this morning and they have done such an amazing job. And I'm proud of them also. And that was your wife, Alina Koskren. Anything you want to say there uh, after hearing what she said right after the race, Gustav? It sounds like what she tell, told me that uh, it's good to that they are proud of each other and that they are happy with each other's success. That's that's really good. And once again, they uh, thanked you and the, the waxing team, you know, uh, for the great skis. Uh, for some, somehow, you know, you always manage to do that, Gustav. You're pretty good at, you know, uh, at, uh, <laughs> you know, the, finding, uh, you know, the right skis and the, the waxes, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I try to, to do as best as I can, but uh, at the same time, you always have to be, uh, you know that someday you will not succeed. So, but I always try to have decent skis for the athletes at the start line so they can, so they can uh, compete. That's their main goal, not to have this super duper skis. Uh, that's not my goal, but uh, sometimes it happens also. So that's really fun. And then let's listen to uh, Emilia Fleten from Team Kuteng, third in today's race. Uh, it was very cold for the first. Um, I think I felt strong, but 
Uh, team Ramudan was their tactic was really good, so I made it difficult for myself uh, skiing with uh, two Ramudan girls and one Ramudan girl in the front. So it was a hard race, and I'm okay satisfied with the third place. Yeah. But uh, it must be fun to go competing again. And uh, how will you now prepare for the, the race next weekend in Toblach Cortina? Yes, uh, we, our team is uh, going to Toblach today. And we're staying there for the next weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to that yeah. already. <laughs> so, Gustav, do you think that Emilia will be as strong come Toblach Cortina, the, uh, the next race? Yeah, she was strong today. Um, like she said, it's hard to compete against three other in the same team. So she really made a good uh, good job today and finished third. And it was probably a bit surprising that she didn't uh, have support from Astrid Öreslin uh, because Astrid didn't do that well uh, in this race. Uh, maybe before the race, they were, you know, coming up with a strategy that was different from from what it eventually turned out to be. I don't yeah. know, but I assume. What do you think? Um, I, I think that uh, maybe Astrid didn't feel that good that she hoped, and uh, that's why she made this job for Emily over the top into Pontresina, to, no, into uh, St. Moritz, to close the gap to Ida. Uh, and when she made that, if that also costs, especially when you're not in the top shape. So, um, yeah, she really good. She did a, also a team effort today for um, for Emilia. So, yeah, that's what this sport is about. A lot of team yeah. tactics. We have talked about and this in a past. to see it on the on the women's side also. So, not that often. It's. Uh, yeah, it's good to see. Wonderful. Let's move on. Uh, we have now analyzed and went through the, the women's uh, side of things, the whole race, uh, listened to the, uh, the podium skiers. Now, of course, uh, the men's race and the winner was Oscar Kadin. But let's do things a bit differently this time around uh, so we can actually talk to Oscar first. So let's call him and find out what he's thinking right now. If you have any feedback, questions, requests and ideas, please contact us at podcast at skiclassics.com. Enjoy our Living You to Levy podcast and join the fun. And now we have Oskar Kardin from Team Ragde Eiendom. He is on the line. Happy winner. So, Oskar, you've been on the podium before, so you know stranger to, uh, to podium places, but to win a race like this and with the gap that you, you managed to cook up with, I mean, amazing, amazing job. Uh, how did you manage to pull that off? Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it was a fantastic day with... Uh, really good skis and uh, good teamwork, and I uh, I uh, did uh, did a hard uh, hard hill from uh, Saint Moritz, and it, uh, I got a gap, and then it was just to yeah take the opportunity and go all in. The cold weather that's been a kind of the topic of today. Uh, how did it affect you? 
<clears throat> yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit cold, but uh, I like to race in the cold, and uh, I don't think it affected me too much. I um, I didn't freeze during the race, so uh, yeah, I, for me it wasn't a problem. So, at what what point uh, did you get the feeling that you are strong enough to do? Or at least try a breakaway, or did it just kind of happen? Uh, yeah, it was uh, that was not my plan really because uh, yeah we uh, before the race we just uh, said that uh, we were going to uh, go hard in the hills, uh, um, uh, yeah, to Pont- uh, to Saint Moritz and to Pontesina, and then suddenly I got a small gap, and then it was. Uh, just to uh, yeah, take opportunity and go hard. So, did you expect your teammates uh, and Znigord and Peter Eliasson to, to follow you, or were you a bit surprised that they went right behind you? Yeah, it was uh, Peter that gave me a small gap at first because he uh, he was in the front, and then I took over, and um, yeah, I was trying to help him keep a good pace, and then he. He let me have a small gap, and then uh, yeah, it uh, took some time for the others to to see it, and uh, yeah, then it was just to go go hard to the finish. And by the time you reached uh, Pontresina, it was uh, already uh, more than a minute your gap. Uh, at that point, <clears throat> what did you think, and what kind of str- tactical strategy did you have or was it just okay now I just need to keep focused and, and continue yeah uh, in the first uphill from uh, up to the St. Moritz it feels uh, good and uh, the pace wasn't too high but I saw people uh, having a hard time to <clears throat> catch up with us and uh, the yeah the peloton exploded a little bit so hope Valdroseg, I tried to go hard and uh, go hard all the way down to Pontresina. And then I uh, saw, and I didn't saw anyone. So then I know I had at least a minute. And then I got the time for uh, from our uh, uh, coaches and uh, from the support team. And uh, I heard that, uh, yeah, I was uh, increased the lead. And then it gave me a lot of motivation uh, all the way to the finish. <clears throat> so, uh, Jenny Larsen said earlier that at no point was she, uh, she's certain about her victory, even if she had a four-minute gap. What about you? When you were that that <laughs> far ahead, did you think that okay, this is it now? I'm finally gonna win. Uh, yeah, it was uh, in La Punta. I heard that I was uh, two minutes ahead at the airport, but then I didn't know how hard others were going. But uh, by the time I came to the start and finish area, uh, when it was uh, four hard days to go, I, um, uh, I heard that I was over four minutes ahead of the others. And then it was, uh, <clears throat> then I know <laughs> that uh, only an accident would stop me to win. So um, the last, uh, last three kilometers was really emotional and um, easy skiing just to victory and how did it actually feel because you did, you ended up uh, doing the race uh, soloing you were there by yourself which is also kind of an unusual setting for you I mean the in the past whenever you've been on a podium it's been a pretty tight you know sprint finishes now you didn't have to worry about it you could t- 
take all your time and just soak it up and just enjoy <laughs> enjoy the feeling. You didn't have to sprint like your teammates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was uh, unusual. And uh, yeah, as I said, not my plan for the race because I think it's really hard to go alone uh, such a long distance. But um, yeah, it was nice to enjoy the um, the feeling and the environment and everything. So yeah, I was satisfied. And then what about the ending? Uh, it's uh, very different uh, from the traditional one, the long climb all the way to the village, the town center. Uh, did you prefer this one or didn't really matter to you that much? <clears throat> yeah, I prefer the... Yeah, the usual finish up to the Swiss because I think it's uh, nice to be in the town. But uh, during this time, this time with uh, COVID and all of that, uh, I think it's a smart decision to to have the finish that we had today. And uh, I think also this finish was really hard, and you saw that in the group behind me finished on for the fighting for the last podium places and uh, the the group exploded in the uphill and uh, <clears throat> it was uh, some time between every position there so it was a hard finish even this year when you went away in the uphill and down to Pontresina did you have in your mind also that uh, the other teams must must uh, work in the bunch and that also good for your other teammates or was it just for for the finish line and going for the victory? Yeah, uh, at that moment I saw that uh, it wasn't um, uh, a full group of a team like uh, for uh, for teammates from uh, maybe Lager. It was just I think it was just Emil, and uh, then I I know that it's hard for him to catch up all the. And the gap by himself, and also like for Max and um, for uh, I think um, Martin Edipelson did a hard work to try to catch me. But uh, yeah, uh, I know how it was last year when uh, Petter and um, uh, Chris went away. So uh, yeah, I know <laughs> when um, when it will be a gap over a minute. Uh, many people uh, lose the hope for catching up and uh, don't want to spend uh, a lot of energy and uh, pull back uh, like Petter, Elieten and Andreas Nygård because they are not doing any any work with that. What was the plan with uh, with Anders Aukan when he went away before the sprint? Was that also for for the bunch to work or was it just to, to take the sprint or was it cold? He's an old man and he's uh, wearing the green beam now, so that's yeah. uh, really impressive. Uh, I don't think it was the plan from uh, from the beginning, but uh, uh, he got a gap and then uh, he was thinking up to, to go hard and uh, try to uh, to set a high pace. And uh, yeah, he that was a success also for him. And also your roommate, uh, Andreas Nygård, must be a happy man too. And yeah. Relias and Peter, uh, actually, there was a really tight fight. We talk about that a little bit uh, later on when we go through the, uh, the whole uh, race, uh, the men's race. Uh, but there was a tight fight 
and uh, they pretty much uh, just uh, squeezed uh, Tura as the Yedalen out of the, uh, you know, the, pushed him away from the uh, the podium places. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Ian Petter did an amazing job, and uh, all the team, also you are, with his uh, sixth place, personal best for him, and Anders, they did a good job for me, and uh, <clears throat> to let me get that gap, and um, yeah, and then they were strong in the finish, and had some um, some power left in the tank, so yeah, I think Andreas is struggling a little bit now with some frozen fingers, but he will be okay. And then uh, the next race, that'll be a uh, much shorter, 40K, 42K race at Topla Cortina. Uh, you guys are uh, leaving soon, I guess, uh, for Italy. What are your now ho- not plan or hopes for, for that race? Is it very different from this one, of course? Yeah, uh, we're in Livigno right now and uh, staying here until Tuesday. And then we go to and prepare for the race there and uh, yeah I think uh, that race is yeah I think it will be fit me and uh, if I'm in like, good shape and have good skis I think it um, will be a good race for me but uh, you never know um, maybe I feel a little bit tired after this and yeah I'll see how my body reacts and uh, how I feel for the next race Are you expecting a sprint finish there? Which is usually the case at that race. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the uh, the finish and the race profile because I think it was uh, yeah a little bit uh, different finish from um, last year. So I don't know how it will how it will uh, end in the finish. Well, thank you very much, uh, Oscar Kadin. Uh, once again, congratulations on your victory. Good job. Uh, get some rest, uh, get some food and energy, uh, and uh, do some uh, training in Livigno before you leave. And then, of course, good luck next uh, weekend. Thanks it's going to be tough once again. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So, good stuff. Uh, that was Oscar Kardin. And a little bit later on, we will uh, hear comments from Andreas Nygård who was second, and then, of course, Petrelli Asim. But let's go through the, the men's race uh, as well. Uh, we spend more time on the women's race because your team did so well. Uh, but then the men's race uh, started uh, differently uh, from uh, uh, the women's one, much faster pace compared to the, the women. And uh, as you mentioned, the grand old master, <laughs> and uh, Auckland uh, was suddenly in a breakaway and he took the sprint points uh, little did we know that a uh, 48 year old could be uh, leading the sprint competition at this stage but that is the case right now oh, that's cool, really cool <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. but did it go like you expected or how would you kind of analyze the kind of the first part of the race the men's race uh, it was um, yeah he got this gap um, like we heard from Oscar it wasn't planned but um, it was a good move I think for it's a strong team Ragde and they want to set a hard pace it's good for for many of, of the others in the team so I think that uh, when he went away and went that hard I think it was good for everyone in that team so it was really impressive also to to keep that gap 
Um, we saw the, I think it was Felix Shanin who was chasing and some others also, but uh, they they didn't manage. Uh, and he got the full full points on the first sprint. So uh, then it was just to hang on to the next sprint and get the green bib. And yeah, uh, uh, it was cool to see. Yeah, and he was second. Uh, at the second sprint, uh, yeah. Emil Persson took the maximum points yeah. there, and that was, of course, the San, San Moritz one. Uh, then the uh, the uphill there for uh, for the men after the first sprint. Uh, at that uh, point, uh, Auckland was still in the lead, but then yeah, they, uh, it was really I think it was uh, like Oscar said uh, a high pace uh, because there was I think in the bunch I was on the top. And there was 10 people, 10 guys who was keeping together. Then there was the others, like 11, 12, 15, 17. They were really struggling, but they kept on to the bunch uh, down to St. Moritz. But uh, you really saw on the faces th- at the top that uh, which ones who was strong today. And uh, uh, what I saw, Oscar, Nygaard, um, uh, Eliasen and uh, also Tord, uh, they were looking really good in their faces on, on the top. So they were strong today, all of them. What about uh, your team members? They performed really well. I mean, the young yeah. guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johannes Eklöv, he was uh, really strong today. Uh, he was also looking good at the top. Uh, uh, Max was struggling a little, little bit on the top. Um, but they both yeah was kept on to the bunch um, and then we had this we have this youngster the the norwegian biggest talent as i always say in long distance skiing herman uh, he wasn't either far behind on the after the first climb but then struggled a little bit when they went back to pontresin but he did really well. I mean, he was 19th yeah, in the race. He's like, what, 21 yeah. years old, isn't he? Now 20. He, he, August, he he was uh, 20. So. so it's really cool to see in the top 20, you have 48-year-old Anders Auckland, who was 12th, and then a yeah. 20-year-old Hermann Paus, who was 19th, yeah. you know. Born, so that's the beauty uh, of the sport, you know. Like, yeah, it's a huge age so. difference. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Uh, Max finished uh, 14th. Uh, we'll talk about the finish a little bit later on, uh, your teammate. Mm-hmm. Then after San Moritz and after the second sprint, the climb again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw Emil who took the took the sprint there. He was really strong today. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't just my analyze that maybe Lager didn't have the top skis. Uh, um, and if you, if it's like that, I think Emil really made a super performance today. Uh, but when they went to this second hill after the sprint, like Oscar said, he went, he went for it, or he got a this uh, like a team body gap when Eliasen left uh, a gap for to him, so he can go. By him, by him own, by by himself. Yes, Emil there performed really well. He was fifth uh, in today's race, yeah. and as you mentioned, most likely he didn't have uh, 
the best possible skis. So I use uh, surprised by he, he he's got the the pink bib, so of course he's uh, it wasn't it can't be that super bad skis, but uh, maybe he had really good and the others had a little bad. I don't know, but it was a good, really good performance from him. There's been quite a lot of speculation on on the uh, Lager 157 yeah. ski teams because they won uh, the early races last season, uh, kind of the prologues. And then, of course, uh, Emil Parson won the Kaiser Maximilian Lauf. But now he pretty much proved that he is a real contender uh, and when conditions get harder uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you think that he's definitely a good conden- contender to fight for the yellow bib? Uh, the yellow bib is really hard. The, everyone who's in the top six at the races is yellow contenders, but in the end, uh, you have to be healthy and compete all the races to to be to be there. So, uh, uh, and in the end, it's maybe two or three who is. So he is one of them, but it's really hard. It is really hard, and we still have the usual, you know, suspects as I call them. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the top, you know, Oscar Karin, of course, he's also uh, he's not a uh, uh, unknown name. He's been on the podium before. This was his first victory, but then Andreas Anigod was second, Petrelias in third, and Turas the Yedal in fourth. These are the guys that always fight for the yellow, yellow uh, bib. Uh, back to the race uh, after Pontesina. Okay, at that point, Oscar Karin was. Uh, uh, ahead of the others, uh, but in the men's race, there was still a huge, but huge, but much bigger group uh, than in the women's race, fighting for their remaining podium places. Um, yeah, there, there were like ten or twelve men who, who was keeping together until the last ten kilometers, um, and uh, it was. Like Oscar said, I think yeah, Ragda had four guys in the bunch. Uh, we had two guys. Then I don't know if just loners, the rest of them. Um, and when Oscar had that big gap, uh, they went really hard on the the last five, ten kilometer sections, including Eliasen and Torashle and Igor, who was really looking strong. They get it's, it's the last part of the of the course. This new course, uh, it's really narrow, so it's um, really important to stay uh, up front when you're in a bunch, because it gets uh, gaps on the on the in the corners and in the over the over the tops and everything. So, um, and that when you do. You have to close gaps because of that when you're on 10s or 15 positions two or three times. It costs a lot, especially when it's closing up to 60 kilometers. So, um, the strong people often are in the, in the, in the top uh, of the bunch in the end. And they also get a, an, an advantage of being strong. So it's no surprise that uh, these guys, Nico, Elias, and Yedal, and once again, were there, they're really good at maneuvering and yeah. uh, tactic-wise. Uh, yeah. Then the sprint finish. 
Peter Eliasson, once again, I mean, he he's done this a couple of times now. He uh, surprised us at Basel Lopet uh, by beating uh, Stian Hulgaard in a sprint finish. And also, Yusef uh, Kaparesatka, uh, he was able to be on a podium and, and uh, just conjure up a good um, sprint finish. And now he did it again and beat uh, Tourasle there. Uh, it was pretty close from Nigor also. Yes, so, exactly. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, he, let's consider him as a sprinter also, I think. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now we yeah. have to call him a sprinter too. It's, uh, uh, but uh, let's listen. have the green jersey now, so maybe next next competition, Elias and have the green jersey. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> and and then yeah. speaking of which, it'll be interesting to see if Auckland uh, uh, can uh, hold on to that bit. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's uh, listen to uh, Andreas Nigor, who was second today, and Peter Eliasen, who was third at the remaining podium skiers. Uh, this is what they said uh, right after the race. I felt uh, really really good from the gun and amazing skis and amazing teammates and. My roommate Oscar was super strong and I'm really happy for him. He's been doing a great job the last three, four years and finally got the win and he deserved it. Yeah, fantastic. And you are all three team Ragda at the podium. What does that mean for your team at the first competition of the season? It's almost a year since the last race, so it means that we have done a good job both in the training and, uh, and in the waxing room. Today we had amazing skis and you need amazing skis to win these races and today we had it. Uh, well, it was, uh, it was a harder race than I thought because uh, uh, Andes, our teammate, uh, he, uh, he did a breakaway uh, really early and, uh, and the rest of the, the skiers, they tried to catch him and uh, then uh, Oscar uh, Got away uh, half uh, way on the race and uh, and uh, then so uh, it was uh, really uh, fun to see Oscar uh, taking the victory home uh, and uh, I'm really glad for him. Uh, so uh, and I think uh, our team worked well together. Uh, we tried to help each other and uh, I think we we had a, a really uh, perfect day. So that was Peter Eliasen, and of course before him Andreas uh, Nigord. This is not the first time that a team like the Ayendom uh, takes home uh, a triple victory. But Gustav, what do you think that this kind of means to them right now that they start this, uh, uh, which kind of applies to your team as you almost got uh, a triple yeah. victory? Yeah, almost. It was close, but no cigar. Uh, Ragde had a had a good start last season, but no podium, no victories. Uh, they have podium, but no victories. Uh, so they struggled until Toblas, um, when they when they won, uh, and they have yeah. This is the biggest team. They have big expectations on them. So for them, it's um, I think it's really important to have this. To have the start of the season gives every star in that team uh, uh, a little bit more sleep at night, maybe. And Andreas also thanked uh, the, their waxing team 
mm-hmm. for good skis. Uh, so if you have a Midas touch, you know, the magic touch in, <laughs> whenever it comes to uh, skis, so does Magna Dalin. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's not the first time that we hear these type of comments from the team like the Iendom guys. Uh, yeah, Dalin, when he was in the team, of course, he is representing now the team expand fuel team. Uh, he often thanked the skis and said, oh, I wasn't really that good, but the skis were perfect. Mm-hmm. So that is really an important factor, you know, when it comes to particularly today, really a cold, tough conditions. Yeah, it's uh, always important to have good good skis of course but in some conditions they make bigger um, uh, difference and uh, in wet conditions and in cold condition it's often bigger difference so and today it was really cold so uh, then the, the, the athletes know when they, they're in the bunch uh, when they are feeling they have a little bit better skis than the the other competitors it uh, gives you such a uh, advantage psychologically it may be not be that they are they have one two minute better skis but just to know that you can drop the last uh, double pull over the top and just gliding into the back of the of your competitors it's uh, yeah it's feels really great and you save so much uh, energy on that so in the end that uh, sums up to to maybe a lot of minutes that is definitely confidence uh, booster yeah. let's take a look at the uh, the the results now uh, and then before we wrap up we talk about the next uh, race which is Toplak Cortina much shorter race 42 kilometers and as these athletes pointed out that they are Going there pretty soon. Uh, some of them are now already in Italy, but they, they will stay in Livigno and then leave from there. But today's uh, results, uh, which are also the the standings for the champion competition, as we just started the season, this uh, La Diagonella was the first race of uh, pro, of the Pro Tour season. 11. So once again, Oscar Cardin uh, was number one, then Andreas Nigor uh, second, Peter Eliasen third, Tour Asleyedal in fourth, Emil Persson fifth, Juartele sixth, and Ermil Bokuev seventh, Johannes Eklöf eighth, and Modnere Pedersen ninth, and Ari Lusu at tenth. And then uh, on the, the women's side, let's go there as well. And uh, Jenny Larsson won, Lina Koskreen second, Emilie Fletten. Third, Ida Dahl. Fourth, Katarina Smutna. Fifth, Astrid Lin. Sixth, Lin Shemskar. Seventh, a good race from her as well. Britta Johansson Nugren. Eighth, Elin Moulin. Ninth, and Sophie Elebrud. Tenth. So that's the top ten of today's race and also the uh, champion competition. And then the other categories. Let's go to... And the Visma Alp Trophy uh, is also the same as uh, this was the first race uh, in that particular competition and then of course later on we have the Visma uh, Nordic Trophy competition once we get to the Scandinavian races but then we'll take a look at the um, youth competition so now uh, Emil Persson as you pointed out uh, Gustav he is in the lead followed by Johannes uh, Johannes Eklöf from your team uh, Gabriel Höhlen, he performed really well today. I noticed that while, when I was commentating from Team Enkong. So, yeah, yeah. the Arling must be pretty happy too. 
Yeah, I'm really happy that uh, Gabriel got the contract from Team Encon late in this uh, in this autumn uh, because he is a really big talent, Swedish talent. He pretty much won all the the national long distance races in Sweden last year, and uh, he's uh, got a really good sprint also. So he's an upcoming man. So look up for him for the youth bib. Indeed, and Max Novak was fourth, and uh, Herman Paus from your team, we talked about him, he was fifth, and Dmitry Bargashov, the new uh, team member in the Russian winter team, he was sixth. That was the youth men, and then youth women, Jenny Larsson, of course, the, uh, today's winner, uh, followed by Ida Dahl, who was fourth. Uh, Hedda Bongman, uh, also from Sweden, who spent uh, uh, some time in the United States of America, but now she's back and performing well from Team Nordic Athlete. Anastasia Rugalina from Russian Winter Team, fourth. Uh, Melina Schettes from Team Zips, fifth. And Teresa Huzerova from Slavia Postovna Sport Team, sixth best. Uh, and the sprint competition. Anders Auckland, number one, the sprinter. Uh, that, that'll be interesting to see how that... Uh, you know, uh, develops in, you know, his, uh, uh, the, the competition there. But Emil Persson was second, uh, Alexei Tvoskin third, Maxim Vileksanin fourth, Montenegro Persson fifth, and Ermil Bokweb sixth. That's the, uh, and Stian Berg also sixth, uh, who's defending the title. And uh, on the women's side, uh, Jenny Larsson first, Ida Dahl, Lina Koskren, uh, Lin Sjömskar, Britta Johansson-Ogren, and Emilie Fleten. Uh, that's the uh, sprint competition. No climb competition uh, in this race. Uh, there used to be one, but not uh, in today's race. And the pro team. I know that this is something that you love to hear. Uh, a team Ramudden uh, is number one. The team Ragde Ayendom second. So they are twenty points behind you guys. Uh, Gustav, there will be a tight fight now between you, you two, correct? And Lager 157 ski team is then 20 points behind uh, Team Ragde. Yeah, and uh, then also the Russians will come and uh, Koteng, you never count them out. Maybe next competition they have a triple like they had last year a couple of times. Uh, if they bring Chris, maybe. Uh, so, yeah. I'm really proud to be number one, and that was our goal yesterday when we talked to to try to get points on the sprints and have a good uh, performance on for everyone. And we had the chance to be on the top, and we made it. So, yeah, it's really, 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 really good. And those two teams that you just mentioned, Russian winter team is fourth and also 20 behind point, uh, like a 157 ski team. Then Team Nordic Athlete, uh, formerly Team Manbath, is uh, now a Scandinavian uh, pro team, uh, 20 uh, points behind. Uh, Rus Russian winter team and sixth is Team Koteng, uh, 100 points there, six best teams. So the next race, uh, Topla Cortina. Very different from this, uh, 42K, there's a long gradual climb all the way to the top and then the, the long downhill section towards the uh, uh, Cortina di Ampeso. Your take on on uh, the upcoming event? Uh, yes, and it's shorter also. Um, makes a difference when you you're, uh, get over two hours, two and a half hours. So... Uh, 
today was really tough, of course, when it's three hours. Uh, Toblas Cortina maybe is around two hours. So uh, that will bring higher pace, I think, uh, or more uh, attacking skiing. Uh, and also it's uh, when this this course when you go up to uh, to the top Shimabata or what's it called yeah and then you go downhill it's uh, um, it's uh, really special of course to to go first in the uh, in the valley of uh, uh, of um, where there's no sun and then you come out of the tunnels and you go into the sun uh, so yeah. Do you expect the same players to be strong there as today? Um, yes, I do think so. Uh, but I think also we have changes in the in the top three on both men's and women's side. But um, of course, I don't hope so in on the women's side. But. Uh, they have to be real, realistic also, but we will do our best. Um, but uh, this is a probably a sprint finish also on both men and women side. So um, uh, the ones with the sprint finish and the goods, of course, good skis, uh, good positions in the end uh, will bring it home. Who are your dark horses in the race, both uh, on the women's side and the men's side? Uh, on women's side, uh, maybe we should uh, mention uh, Sumskar. Uh, on the men's side, I don't know if he's a dark horse. I mentioned him just a couple of minutes ago, but uh, maybe Gabriel Gabriel Höylind and uh, Max Novak will uh, be surprising in Toplas, I think. Well, that remains to be seen, but good good names and uh, then before we wrap up of course the overall season this was the first race uh, Topla Cortina is the next one then Marjalonga from there to uh, Vasalopet uh, before Vasalopet of course Jessica Peresatka then Vasalopet Birke Vainer Rennet Raistelöpe and then finally Ullas uh, Levi how are you as a team captain team leader preparing for this uh, compact season it's much shorter now than than, than before what aspects what factors do you need to consider for your team in order to stay stay on top as as you are right now uh, to have uh, to have a good plan and just enjoy the we the weeks between the between the competitions uh, to um, yeah we have uh, our plan if everything goes as but the competition is to be here uh, for six weeks. Uh, now we've been here for two weeks, so we'll be we'll be here for over Czechia, and it's uh, then we go home to Scandinavia, and then Vasaloppe to Birkebeine, Orkelsloppe. Every weekend it's a new competition, pretty much, and it suits uh, suits us really well. But because then we, with bigger gaps, uh, uh, you don't get in the flow. So I think it's good with compact calendar and you guys always have a good mood in your in your team i know that you spend a lot of time together and and you're very good at creating a good atmosphere i'm pretty sure that your skiers feel comfortable and happy and this was a really good start 
for you guys. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, like I said, tonight we're gonna pop some bottles of Prosecco and really celebrate this this day and enjoy it. So be grateful for what we achieved today and uh, hopefully we can do it some more competitions this season. But uh, right now we just right now we just enjoy this. Indeed, you should uh, go ahead and enjoy and pop the champagne or the sparkling wine and have a good time with your team. Thank you very much, uh, good stuff. It was really good to have you as always. Once again, congratulations uh, on on your team's performance or performances, and good luck uh, uh, for the uh, good luck to the uh, the next one and also for the for the whole season, not just uh, uh, Topla Cortina. And uh, stay on top. Thank you. Thank you very much. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.